Hello and welcome to the Kiara Goes Global podcast. The Kiara Goes Global podcast is your one-stop shop for navigating anything travel, lifestyle, and growth related as you experience your 20s and early adulthood. Guided by your host, Kiara Mason, let's enjoy this journey together. Today, we are going to be diving in and talking about my mental health journey throughout 2020. And before we start, I do want to begin with a trigger warning. This podcast is going to be discussing depression, anxiety, panic attacks, and medication. So please be aware, if you're listening to this episode that you're in a safe place and you're aware of the content that we will be diving into today. I also want to clarify that I am not qualified to provide advice as a mental health professional, therapist, or counselor. I am simply speaking from my own lived experience on my mental health journey. If you are struggling with your mental health, please connect with a licensed mental health professional. Well, the past year has been quite the roller coaster ride for my mental health journey. In particular, the pandemic has played a very big role in this as well. And as I think back on the past year and just how far I've come, I feel inspired to share my full journey. The year of 2020 truly was a wake up call for me to pay more attention to my mental health. I thought that I had been doing this, but I had not really paid as much attention to the extent that I needed to be. The year put a lot of things into perspective for me and the importance of health in general, both mental and physical, has been a very big realization of mine. I'm hoping to share my story with all of you today so that you know that you are not alone if you are struggling. And if you have faced similar struggles, maybe you'll identify at some point along the way. I want to start by clarifying that 2020 did not cause my mental health issues. I have been dealing with mental health concerns for a few years. They simply reached new heights in 2020, for quite a few reasons, which I will discuss shortly. For the past five years, I have been struggling with depression in one way or another. There have been a few moments that I can remember where it's been really bad, including late 2015, mid 2017, and the beginning of 2018. And of course, most recently in 2020. I also started having issues with anxiety as well, which I didn't really name as anxiety until recently. Things were particularly bad in 2018 when I was having a panic attack every month and experiencing significant depression in early to mid-2018. This was when I decided that I needed to start seeing someone for professional help. This was a very big decision for me 
it took a lot to get to that point. I finally began counseling in late 2018, and I definitely should have started probably years prior to that. But it did take a long time to get to the point where I felt that it was okay for me to seek help. And this is, I think, mostly due to the stigma surrounding mental health. And that's part of the reason I want to have this this discussion as well, is to reduce that stigma and just talk about it more. My counselor was really great, and it's a good thing that I started seeing her because this was actually around the time where my anxiety and some other health issues began to spike. In 2019, after I graduated from university, I had a significant health issue occur. I would say my anxiety was really high at this point, but it still wasn't something that I identified as anxiety at the time. Regardless, my health started to slowly improve. I landed my first work position post-graduation and I started working again in mid-2019. The first couple of months were a little bit rocky, but my health continued to improve from there. And I really thought that I was going to be okay. I had graduated university, which I had thought was a very big stressor for me in the past and causing a lot of my mental health concerns. I was also working in a field that I loved and getting settled into a new life. I had not had a panic attack in a long time, which was likely due to the positive impact of regular counseling, and I was feeling pretty good and on track. However, things really took a turn at the end of 2019. In late December, a couple days before Christmas, my cat, who we had for nearly 20 years, passed away. It was not something that I had expected at all or been prepared for, and I had a full-blown panic attack. It was slightly concerning for me because it had been a long time since I had had a panic attack, but considering the circumstances, I thought that it was understandable. It was a very intense situation, and it's understandable to react that way and be upset when something like that happens. The real concern came less than a month later when I had another panic attack. I mentioned in the past that I was having panic attacks once a month in 2018. That was the most often I had them. So for me to have two major panic attacks in less than a month was a very big red flag. In particular, this one was unlike anything I had ever felt before. I had this panic attack when I was actually on a plane heading from Vancouver to the Okanagan in mid-January of 2020. What a way to start the year. I can kind of laugh about it now, but looking back, it was honestly terrifying. I had never been that terrified in my life. I legitimately thought that I was having a heart attack and I didn't really know what to do. I couldn't go anywhere because I was 
on a freaking plane. So <laughs> thankfully the flight was very short and we had actually already started descending. So there wasn't that much left of the flight. But in the moment when it happened, I was losing my shit. And the only thing that I could think of was to talk to the person next to me to distract myself until the plane landed. The man next to me was an absolute angel. Thankfully, he didn't think I was totally nuts. And he talked to me until we landed. He actually even stayed with me to make sure that I got off the plane okay, which was incredible. I was in shock when we landed. I honestly did not know if I was going to pass out, vomit, start crying, or a combination of all three. Thankfully, my sister and a friend of mine were picking me up at the airport, so I made them come inside to get me since I wasn't sure what was going to happen. They brought me back to their place and I finally began to calm down. It took me some time to realize that what I had just experienced was a panic attack. I truly thought that it was a heart attack and I was going to die. I had never heard or felt my heart beat that fast. And I was extremely stressed about work at the time. Obviously, I was not handling it well at all. Having two major panic attacks in less than a month was a really big red flag for me. And I knew that something had to be done about it. I recognize that it is likely very triggering to be talking about panic attacks in this way. That was a very extreme situation for me. But... I do want to share it so people know if you haven't had a panic attack before, what it could potentially be like, or if you have had a panic attack, to know that you're not alone and there are potentially other people that are in the same situation as you. I think the more that we talk about it, the better we can break down this stigma and continue to move forward. As soon as I got back to Vancouver in January of 2020, I connected with my counselor and we tried to come up with a plan to get myself back on track. My counselor told me I really needed to focus on boundaries, priorities, and practicing self-care. I agreed with her and I really tried to start the month of February with a lot more balance in mind. It was going well at first. I was trying not to work as much and spend more time doing other things such as fitness classes and spending time with my roommates. I thought that I was doing okay, taking the right steps, and that everything was going to be all right. But pretty soon, everything got worse, a lot worse. At the end of February in 2020, I had another near-fainting incident. I have struggled with fainting in the past, a few days later, I was feeling very unwell. I discovered that I had a viral infection and I had to stay home from work for a week until I started to feel better. And also, at the beginning of March in 2020, we had a theft in our home, which was an extremely traumatic incident with prolonged consequences afterwards. Needless to say, my anxiety was extremely high. And I'm not exactly sure at what point 
I identified myself as having anxiety and named it as such. But at this point, I was definitely aware of it. And I knew that it was at an all-time high. The situation at my house was not pleasant. And it was causing a lot of distress in my life, making it really difficult to focus on work. Though I was still happy to be going to work and getting out of the house because it was a great distraction for me for the things that were going on at home. COVID-19 cases were also beginning to rise in BC at this time. And all of a sudden we hit mid-March 2020. As you all know, the peak of the COVID-19 pandemic, we found out we would be all be working from home for the next three weeks as the pandemic played out. Of course, you all know what happened with that one. I've been working from home since then for over a year now. And this was when shit really hit the fan for me. COVID-19 was simply the icing on the cake for an already shitty year for me. And that's when I really broke down and just couldn't figure out how to move forward. I knew that there was no way I could stay in my current situation if I was going to be working from home for a long period of time. The environment in the house was not great. It was fueling my anxiety, which is the opposite of what your home should do. And I decided I needed to get a new place and I started looking right away. I was very lucky and found a place quite quickly, which coincidentally was only a few blocks away from my current house. And I would be living on my own in this new place until I found a roommate. Before I knew it, I was moving out and doing my best to settle into a new place, as best as can be in the middle of a global pandemic. I really thought that getting out of the environment in my past house was going to solve all my problems. It would be less anxiety inducing and I would be able to focus on working from home with less distractions. That was true for the first couple of weeks, but then things started to go sideways again. The pandemic was arguably at its height at this time in April, 2020. And since I was working from home, living on my own and quarantining quite heavily, loneliness began to take over. As our busiest time at work began to wind down and I was beginning to process everything that had happened in March, I began to slide into depression really badly. By the time we hit May 2020, things were really not going well and I started having more serious conversations with my counselor and my doctor about what we could do. It was at this time that I started contemplating medication for my anxiety and depression, but I just didn't know if I was ready for that or if it would even help me. My counselor suggested that what I needed was to be around people, which is something that is particularly difficult to do when in the middle of a global pandemic and living on your own. After talking with my family, we decided that my sister would come to Vancouver and stay with me for a few days, anywhere up to a couple of weeks, to see if having another person around would help. As you may have guessed, I was having a hard time finding a roommate during this time of the pandemic, and having never lived alone was a very big adjustment. My sister came to visit in the middle of May, 
and we spent a few days together until she realized she needed to go back to the Okanagan sooner than anticipated. I really did not feel that it was a good idea for me to be by myself given my current state, so I decided to go with her. I packed a few things and we were on our way back to the Okanagan on May long weekends. I wasn't really sure how long I was going to stay in the Okanagan. I had initially planned for maybe two weeks and thought that I could try and get a roommate for the beginning of June and head back to Vancouver then. Instead, I wound up staying for a month and a half. And during this time, I was still dealing with a lot of mental health concerns and had a lot of negative coping mechanisms. I was glad to be around family and not by myself, but I still wasn't really feeling better. Thankfully, I had found a roommate who was going to start paying rent, but they wouldn't be moving in until mid-August. Given this timeline and the fact that I hadn't even started to feel like myself yet, I made the decision to stay in the Okanagan for the rest of the summer and sublet my room in Vancouver for July and August. I went to Vancouver at the beginning of July to get some more of my things because I had literally only packed as if I was staying for two weeks. I prepped the house for my subletter and a couple weeks later, I went back to give my subletter the keys. I was really grateful to have someone in the house so I didn't have to worry about it and I could instead focus on trying to better myself in the Okanagan, which was taking a considerable amount of energy. I was really working on trying to cultivate healthy habits with the help of my counselor and my doctor. We had considered medication, but I decided that I wanted to try changing some other things in my lifestyle first. Previously, I had thought that I was taking time for self-care, but I wasn't really. Even at this time, things that seemed relatively simple, such as waking up, going for a walk, taking a shower and having breakfast, took a considerable amount of effort. I was focusing on trying to stick with these habits each day while trying to limit negative coping mechanisms such as binge watching Netflix throughout the day and excessive social media use. The social media use was a lot easier for me to limit, but the Netflix was a lot harder as I built this habit during quarantine when I was living on my own. Then my mom and I decided that we would do something different. Take a trip. I was pretty anxious about traveling somewhere in the middle of a pandemic, but I really felt like I needed to take a break and go somewhere new. We decided that as long as we were traveling locally and we were safe, using masks, eating takeout whenever possible, camping as much as possible to limit high traffic hotel areas and more, that we could make it work. So we planned a road trip from the Okanagan up through the Kootenays over into Alberta, in Banff and Jasper, and back through the Kootenays. I had never been to these parts of Alberta before, and it had been many years since I'd been to the Kootenays. So I was really excited, albeit a bit anxious. Pretty soon, our bags were packed, and we were heading off on our adventure at the end of July and into the beginning of August. 
this trip really changed everything for me. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Traveling is so special because it allows you to see things from a different perspective. That is definitely what happened on this trip. It also made me realize I don't need to fear traveling during COVID-19 as much as I thought. As long as I am doing my part to stay safe, I have to trust that others are doing their part as well. The trip itself was pretty spectacular. We spent a lot of time exploring outdoors, going hiking, kayaking, swimming, eating food and drinking, and more. It was so great to relax and road trip through such beautiful areas of BC and Alberta. Not only was spending time with my mom and getting some time off work really incredible, but I also had the chance to spend the last few days on my own while my mom jetted off on another trip. This was a very significant part of the trip for me as well, as just a few months earlier, I was struggling to even survive in a house on my own. And now I was able to go exploring on my own in places that I hadn't been to before. It made me realize that even though I hadn't felt like I was making a ton of progress in the past two and a half months since I had been in the Okanagan, and I had only been doing very small things each day, it had added up to something. I was starting to feel more hopeful and confident in myself, which I hadn't felt for a long time. Traveling on my own and navigating these things by myself, only having myself to count on in those moments, really gave me a feeling of empowerment and made me realize that I could do it. These realizations made me start thinking about what I wanted my life to look like when I got back from the trip. I started doing a lot of reflecting about things that were important to me and things that I wanted to have in my life. This started a chain reaction of a lot of positive improvements. When I got back from the trip, I felt rejuvenated and so much better than I had felt a few months ago. It truly took all of that time since March, all of those small improvements every day, and then a big trip to push me outside of my comfort zone to get to the point where I started to feel better and like myself again. I didn't want to lose this feeling. So as soon as I got back, I got to work on continuing to build things up and create new routines that incorporated all of the aspects that I identified were important to me. It was going well, and I kept reminding myself just to take things day by day, and that the small steps add up to big improvements. In addition, I was living on my own in the Okanagan for a couple of weeks while my mom was away, and proving that I could do that as well was also very empowering. By the time summer was drawing to a close at the end of August, I was finally feeling like things were getting back on track. But the prospect of going back to Vancouver was beginning to creep up and it was starting to make me feel uncertain. Since I had just started to feel better and I was still going to be working from home for the near future, 
I decided it was not a good idea to go back to Vancouver and decided to remain in the Okanagan until the new year of 2021. It was a really big decision for me, but it really felt like the right decision at the time. And I felt if I had more time to continue working on the routines and the positive habits that I had already been building, that they would be even stronger in the new year. My roommate and I mutually decided to give up our place in Vancouver. I put the rest of my things in storage and I was settled back in the Okanagan at the beginning of September, 2020 for the next four months. As we headed into fall, things were going well in September and October. I was confident that I had made the right decision giving up my place in Vancouver and felt like I was getting stronger every day. Focusing on my routine, setting boundaries with work, connecting with my family more, and maintaining my appointments with my counselor and doctor were all important and so, so helpful. I definitely felt like I was on the right track, but I kept coming back to the idea of medication that we had previously considered in April and May. Now that I was confident that I was actually incorporating self-care and health-focused activities into my daily routine, and it was clear that it was working, I still felt like I could have a bit more improvement. I spent some time debating whether or not I should give it a try, and I wound up deciding that it was worth it to try medication and see if it could be beneficial for me. My doctor and counselor were both on board after having multiple discussions about it. And in mid-October after Thanksgiving, I started my medication. I will be completely honest, the first three days were absolutely brutal. I honestly almost gave up because I had pretty much every side effect imaginable. But on the fourth and fifth day, it was slightly more manageable than the previous three days and when I hit day six and seven, I was starting to feel a bit better. I noticed slight improvements very slowly each day in the second week. The third week was when I slowly felt like I was getting back to normal, if you will, and by the first month, I felt I had adjusted to the medication, and the only side effect that I was still experiencing was tiredness. Of course, everyone has a different experience with medication, and there are so many different kinds of medication out there as well. But for me, the first month was definitely the most challenging, but it was worth it. By the end of the first month, I was already noticing my anxiety levels had decreased, and I was feeling more level-headed. Things continued to improve, and I was so glad I had decided to give medication a try. And all of this is to say, do not let the stigma associated with taking medication for mental health concerns stop you from trying it. In many cases, it can be extremely beneficial and make a really big difference. If you are considering trying medication, I would highly recommend discussing it with your doctor and a mental health professional beforehand to determine the best fit for you. By the end of November, I was feeling a lot better and I was starting to reconsider moving back to Vancouver in the new year. 
having so much time in the Okanagan to really focus and prioritize my mental health had been so beneficial. And those extra few months when I decided to stay past September were definitely necessary. At this point, I felt that I would be okay on my own due to the skills and priorities that I had built up. So I started looking for places again to potentially move back to Vancouver for January 2021. However, COVID-19 cases were continuing to increase and we entered into what I'll call a regional lockdown where we were not allowed to travel in between different regions in BC apart from essential travel. These restrictions combined with COVID-19 cases on the rise and the timing of the beginning of January made me contemplate pushing it back to February when the cases hopefully would have gone down. This was also when I started to consider if relocating to another area of the Okanagan would be a potential option if I could not go back to Vancouver. Unfortunately, cases continued to climb throughout December 2020, and we also got some unsettling family news that suddenly made the potential to stay in the Okanagan longer seem a lot more attractive. Since this family news was still a bit uncertain, and who knew what was going to happen with the pandemic over the holidays, I decided to put it out of my mind and come back to it in January when we would hopefully have some more information on all fronts. December went really well. I had some time off from work and I got to celebrate safely with my family, even though it was a bit different than usual. And I know all of us had very unique circumstances this past holiday season. It was still a great holiday for me. And taking this time to connect is something that I have identified as very important to me and I definitely got the chance to do so over the holidays, which I really enjoyed. January felt like it was off to a really good start with my routines in place and having been on medication for nearly three months. I had also been taking part in multiple well-being-focused workshops and courses through work and externally that had really generated a positive impact within me. Unfortunately. COVID cases continued to climb, and the unsettling family news that we had received in December that had the potential to go sideways did just that. We received worse news than we had hoped for with an illness of one of my family members, which pushed me further to contemplate staying in the Okanagan. So as of January, the province was also still in a regional lockdown, so I decided to continue to stay in the Okanagan. And I'll talk about my housing situation in a moment. However, even though the future can feel a little bit uncertain at times, I surprisingly feel a lot more settled and content than I have in a very long time, especially in comparison to how I felt a year ago in January 2020, after suffering a panic attack on a plane. It has been quite the journey, but that is one thing that I'm so grateful to the pandemic for, giving me the time to find it. I have a tendency to run away, to avoid, 
to be a busybody that is always on the go, the pandemic really forced me to slow down, stop, crash and burn for a second, and then to listen. Really listen. There was quite literally nowhere else to go. So I was forced to listen to my body and so many things that I had been ignoring for years, but desperately needed. Actually focusing on my mental and physical health without being distracted by everything else in life was absolutely necessary. Being able to truly listen to what had been going on put a lot of things into perspective for me and helped me realize what was really important. Mental health, physical health, connection, relationships, spending time with loved ones, doing the things that you enjoy in life and not allowing space for those who are not serving you. All of these things I have identified as being fundamentally important to me moving forward. And if you had asked me a year ago, I highly doubt that I would have given you this list. It is a bit insane to me to see how big of a shift has happened within me over the past year. It most definitely was not something that happened overnight. As you saw, it took over six months for me to even start to feel better from my major breakdown in March of 2020. And it took another four months after that to really feel like I was on the right track. Now I do feel like I have the tools to move forward. And of course, that doesn't mean that my mental health is perfect. I definitely still have bad days some of the time, but it is moving in a good direction. And one of the biggest realizations that I've had as well is that I am going to be okay either way, no matter where I end up because I have the skills and strategies to help me cope with my mental health and challenges that come my way. To put a long story short, that has been my mental health journey in a nutshell over the past year. And as I said, this is why I can't fully hate on 2020, because I'm so grateful for how it brought me to where I am now. I hope that sharing my story has made you feel a little less alone if you are struggling right now. Know that there is support for you, and even if it feels like where you want to be is so far away and you think you might never get there, which is exactly how I felt, know that you will. It might take a long time and probably a lot of work, but you can do it. I believe in you, and I hope that you can access the resources that you need to make that happen. Please check out my website for some more resources. I share them under the mental health and wellness category on the blog. Definitely a ton of resources there if you are in need of some support at this time. Though the future might still be a little bit uncertain, Things are beginning to look up, and I am so grateful for how this journey has brought me to where I am, and I hope you can relate in some capacity. Mental health is so important, and I really hope that the more we talk about it, the more we can break down the stigma 
and move forward in a positive way. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Kiara Goes Global podcast. For more ways to connect with us, you can visit our website at kiaragoesglobal.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time.